maybe I was able to handle the tragedy of losing my my father so well because to your point, I was used to this behavior of like suffering on purpose and knowing how to work through that and like stay resilient through the times when I just want to give up but don't has helped me when tragedy has come my way. What's up? My name is CJ Finley and this is the Thrive on Life podcast. I started a brand called Thrive on Life to help other mission-based people, brands, and businesses thrive. Each week, we interview people on topics of business, health, relationships, mindset, and much more to help us thrive in all areas of life. If the messages in this podcast resonate with you, but you're still feeling a little bit stuck in actually implementing these ideas, I'd love to help you on a more personalized level or connect you with somebody that can. So please reach out. Also, if you've got a friend who you know could benefit from hearing this episode, please share the love with them. My goal is always to spread positive impact through the sharing of knowledge, and I would be honored if you could help me achieve this goal. What is up, Thrive Fam? CJ Finley here, back with another episode of the Thrive on Life podcast, and we're going to jump right into it today. I'm on the podcast with my lovely wife, Erin Finley, today, and we're going to talk about turning pain into purpose. So when we were thinking about what do we want to talk about, she recommended this topic. So I'm going to throw it over to her and first start off by kind of giving a definition. What do you mean when you say turning pain into purpose? Like, what does that mean? Yeah. First of all, thanks for having me on again. Love this activity. We always do it on a weekend. And while it feels like work to him, it's enjoyable to me. So it doesn't feel like work. That's why I do it all the time. Well, the work is afterwards when I got to edit and do all that stuff, but the conversations I love all the time. Yeah. So pain and purpose. So I, I thought this would be a good topic because I think pain is something that every human being can relate to. We all have our stories. We all have our definition of what pain feels like. And it might be a tragedy or it might be growth. It could be anything really that your pain is defined by, but we all experience it at some point. And something that I am proud of in my life is my relentless pursuit of turning my pain into purpose and using it for good, like recognizing that pain is a good thing. And so I wanted to dive into that a little bit and talk about both of our stories and how we've used that. So I think your story around your sickness and how that's catapulted you on the path that you have today and the brand that you've started and everything is like a great example. And mine's more around death, but uh, I think just going through some of that would be pretty could be valuable to someone who might be experiencing something painful. I think you're selling yourself short if you're saying that turning your pain into purpose started around your father's death. I think you were somebody that figured out how to turn short-term pain into motivation from a very young age. Like you did very well scholastically and in dance and in mainly from the outside, what I saw in all areas of your life. And I consider myself someone that turns my pain into motivation as well. I could see that in other people. So I'd love to dissect first before you get into kind of the pain in your adulthood to when you were a child, how did you convert pain into 
motivation. And the pain could look like this. So let me paint a picture. Like studying is painful to get the grade on the test. Like you had a lot of buckets in your life that you were working towards over the course of your life. And those were not easy. And I don't want you to sell yourself short on that. And I want to also connect your story to other people out there who I think forget that some of the things that they've accomplished took a lot of work and and it was painful and they're not confident enough in their adult life because they kind of forget that they have done a lot, that they have been through a lot and that they can use that as motivation. Yeah, I think that's a good good point that anything that you pursue that's difficult and challenging is painful at times. But I think it goes back to what I find interesting about this is that like, how do we define it? How do we define pain? Because on on the spectrum of my life, the situations that you're referring to are are not painful in comparison to what I've been through in my adult life. And I'm sure that's not the least of what I'll experience later on either. So I think that's the point that I'm trying to make with this conversation is that like, once we have practice, so like maybe I was able to handle the tragedy of losing my my father so well because to your point, I was used to this behavior of like suffering on purpose and knowing how to work through that and like stay resilient through the times when I just want to give up but don't has helped me when tragedy has come my way. And yet yeah, there are moments where I certainly couldn't see positive in that situation. And Sometimes I still do go through those times. And I think that's human nature. It's, you're not ever going to constantly be like, there's no negativity in my life. Like we all have it. It's just the self-awareness and the ability to then be like, okay, how am I going to use this as energy? Did you see what I posted about suffering today? No. It's interesting that you brought up this topic of wanting to turn pain into purpose without having to see it. It just so shows how in sync we are. So I, I talked a little bit about how if you choose your suffering today, then you don't have an uncontrollable suffering tomorrow. What I mean by that yeah, is totally agree. the quote that I, that I kind of said was like, choose your suffering today or your suffering will be chosen for you tomorrow. Meaning like if you do the workout, plan out your week, build your skill set, do the hard things today, tomorrow you're in control when some random life event happens. 100% the reason why I do what I do. Let's go back to your earlier point of me like being a competitive dancer and then pursuing engineering and going to like an Ivy League school. Like I just always wanted to challenge myself to a high standard. And choosing engineering, yeah, I was always interested in like the sciences and I wanted to do something that could change the world. But it was also of this is known to be really hard if I'm going to give it a shot. Why not? And then once I accomplish that, like what else can I accomplish that seems really difficult? I think the transition I've seen with you over the years is you started off with an external motivation of, like you said, change the world through going to an Ivy League school or getting the job. And today it looks much more like change the world by changing thyself. Right. And what impact did losing your dad have on that pivot point? Because I think when we talk on these podcasts, what I want to convey to people is that exact message that if you really want to change the world, you have to look at yourself first 
And unfortunately, I've noticed that it takes unfortunate events Same. I've noticed for too. people to have that pivot point. And one of the reasons and the motivating factors of this podcast is to help kind of force people to have that pivotal moment without needing that unfortunate event to yep. happen in their life. That's 100% what I realized after I went through the tragedy of losing my dad, how many people go through life and wait for a tragedy to happen before they open their eyes to the fact that you have to be aware of what you're doing with your time on this earth. And you don't have to, and that's that's your choice. But if you want to have a meaningful life, like wake up. And unfortunately, you're right. It takes tragedy for people to wake up. It takes loss. It takes extreme pain for people to say, I don't want to live like this. Living is a privilege. So I'm therefore I'm going to make the most of it. But I'm with you. How do we get more people to answer those questions before something bad happens that forces them to answer it? I think asking that question as much as possible, like that's really... And it's, it's very hard to get people to act with urgency. Like even after experiencing pain myself, I still catch myself at times being like not choosing the hard thing in the moment because I'm like, oh, I can do that in the future. But I was having this conversation today even. We make choices in the moment that aren't always in our best interest because I think subconsciously we believe that there's going to be a future chance for us to self-correct. And we're not guaranteed that future. So why aren't we making the choices in the present that are the best for the future we want if we're lucky enough to have it? So let's play devil's advocate. Why does the human brain do that? It's comfortable. Okay. Why do we seek comfort? Because it feels like if you really want to take it down to our physiological response of comfort is safety. You feel safe when you have a known circumstance. So you gravitate towards the known because that puts your nervous system in a calm state of being. But if you put yourself into an uncomfortable situation, what happens inside? What happens? You sweat. Your heart rate goes <laughs> up a little bit. You start to panic a little bit in your head. You're like, this doesn't feel good. But then you get through it. It's like the ice bath. And then you, you practice that. And so that goes back to what we're saying. Like, how do we practice those uncomfortable moments? And like the ice bath is a great example. Like the hard workouts, a great example. I don't always want to go on an 11 mile run on Sunday, but when I'm out there, I'm going to make the best of it. And even when I'm on that run, I have moments where I'm like, shit, my toe is starting to hurt. Like I feel this blood blister coming on, but I'm like, you know what? I'm going to feel really glad I did this. And then that in itself, that endurance, that pushing through the pain is like, okay, when I go to work this week and I have to travel on Monday, I have to travel tomorrow, go to work, meet with a bunch of people, some of them I know, some of them I don't know, have a long meeting on Tuesday, like all day. I'm thinking, I can handle that. But old me might be like, oh, all nervous, going to this place I don't know, got to fly by myself, got to figure out how to get there by myself, got to host this meeting with people that I'm not even, I don't know super well. But now I'm like, okay, like I feel confident that I can get through these situations that are going to be a little bit uncomfortable because I constantly put myself in these uncomfortable situations on purpose. Can you find purpose without pain? Yes, I think, I think you can. How would somebody go about doing that? Actually, I take that back. 
I think everyone's in pain in some way. Do tell. But I don't know that everyone's purpose is tied to their pain. So I think you can find your purpose in your pain if you choose to do so. And I think it takes a lot of self-reflection to really figure out what pain you're in. And if you want to use that to to get yourself out of it, and if you want to make that your purpose, I don't know if that's going to be everyone. When you say everyone is in pain, what do you mean? There's not a single person on this earth that is not in pain about something. Whether it's List a, out some things that like maybe the okay. average person, including us, would be in pain about. Feeling unfulfilled, feeling empty, feeling lonely, feeling like you don't know if you'll ever get to what you hope for. Feeling uncertain, I'll call it that. Searching for love, searching for quality relationships in general. That's painful. It's painful to be in those situations and searching for those things. Maybe it's money. Maybe it's sickness. Maybe it's sickness of your, in, within yourself. Maybe it's sickness within someone that's close to you. Maybe it's really analyzing the problems of our world and being so, like some people get consumed by the broken systems that we live in and the really bad things that are going on. Like think about people in poverty and some people take on that pain and they turn that into their purpose. Where do you find yourself on that spectrum? So what does pain look like to you today? I think it's a little bit of, I definitely have felt the pain of losing someone close to me at such a young age and having to like figure out how to navigate that. And then I think I take on the pain of the problem that I just said. Like the world generally doesn't act on the life that we're given. Most people, even people that have lost people. Like what is it going to take for people to actually wake up and live like they should devote their life to some meaningful You bring up a great point and I think it's just there's no blueprint for them no, to do that. There's not. And that's what I've seen with you is Except just like finding yourself. Then you're just even more overwhelmed because what I've seen is people they lose somebody, they get sick, something happens in their life, but there's no blueprint to once once they wake up to I want more out of life. Yeah. But now it's almost even worse for them because they're like, I want more out of life, but I don't know how. And when I was on an event, shout out to Zach, live a great story, Zach Horvath. He put on an event last week. I wish you were there, but you were away where people got in groups and told stories. And he had two prompts where they would tell stories. And one of the guys there said the phrase now, not how, meaning don't focus on the how, just focus on what can you do right now? So someone that's listening to this on the other end of the line who might have just had something painful happened in their life and they're like, ooh, this is me. But they're overwhelmed by that knowledge now that they have like, I want to make the most of my life. But how do I even do that? Yeah, I struggle with that. That's why I'm asking you this question because somebody else that might struggle with that yeah, I think your advice. what I've been realizing is it's in the little moments. It's the little conversations you have with someone. It's how you show up and the energy that you exude to give it give a specific example of what of a little moment. It's like having a conversation with you on Friday about how we're gonna take the brand to the next level. 
Or okay, so how does that make you feel? Why 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 does that give you that feeling? That little moment of this is how I'm making my life more meaningful. So what I was trying to say is reverse engineering down to if I want to make a meaningful life and I can do that by helping others make more meaningful lives. It's one, this, this podcast is a way, like you said in the beginning, like you hope that the conversations that you have on here inspire other people to think about how they can do something within their own day to day and life to create that ripple effect. And so I'm saying like, this is one way the thrive on life brand is another way. The small conversations I have with my coworkers or my friends just about taking the next best step in life or whatever. Now, in that moment, are you thinking, wow, this no, is... That, and that's, that's what I mean. So I, I feel like it has to, to the person out there who's struggling with the how, there doesn't have to be a well-defined step in every part of the process. It's just about defining the core values and the way of being that defines the person that that you want to have that meaningful life and acting on it every day. So for me, it's like I start my day, I at least think about the things that I'm grateful for every single morning. I kind of have a ritual of like looking through positive quotes and like letting that sort of be what I live by that week or that day. And I find myself coming back to it. I, I set intentions and then I check in with myself. Did I do that? So I think it's like just showing up and then you can't always backtrack to how those little actions created a ripple effect to some different big thing that would seem like a milestone, but I think it all adds up. I'm a believer that you can get skilled enough to notice in the moment and put yourself in that flow state in the moment. Like I have a great example. It's today. We ran our Sunday miles and then I went to Squatch Fitness later in the afternoon and I was planning to go lift. And when I roll up, Noah and Alex are there. And Alex doesn't live here, so I don't always get time to spend with him in person. So I have a decision to make right then and there. Like I have a time frame that I was going to go to Squatch and I can either continue on with the path that I had set for myself in that moment, which is like go smash some weights, or I can take a step back and say, you know what? Like the weights can wait, pun intended, and I want to hang out and, and spend time having a conversation with Noah and Alex because this doesn't happen every day. And I think that skill right there is something a lot of people lack because they're so in their own mind and in their own way. I think what I want to get at is like pain helps you adapt to every single circumstance. And then as you're adapting and looking back on your life, you notice, okay, those small moments really are what mattered the most. So now in the future, when these moments are happening live, I can then say, wow, like I'm happy I pivoted and adapted in that situation. And I think that, especially with you, is something I've seen massive growth on that because kind of like what you mentioned, going on a flight and like, what if your flight gets delayed? What if these certain things happen how do you adapt to just make the best of that moment? Well, you have to reflect on your past and understand that side of the world. And the question that I want to ask is how many people do you think just don't even want to open up 
that door to like look back and say, you know what, here's where I did right. Here's where I did wrong. Here's where I could be better. We're not taught that. So how much do you think that plays a role into this conversation that we're having? I think it goes back to comfort, like we talked about. It is uncomfortable to reflect back, to acknowledge something that you're not proud of or that you might face criticism for, own it, and sit through changing that for the future. It requires change. It requires you to have deep introspection of why you acted in that way. And I think that's why it's easy for a lot of people to just go on with exactly the way things are and not ask those tough questions. And to the point that you said before about how you were so easily able to adapt and identify that having the conversation with your friend that you haven't seen is more important than lifting the weights, which is what you set out to do when you got there, that's 100% a result of pain forcing you to figure out what matters most. And that's something that I believe losing my father has taught me to do with every day is I get overwhelmed all the time. I'm constantly overwhelmed by my job and by all the personal things that I want to do and the side projects I'm passionate about and building the relationship with you and our community and everything and family. That's overwhelming. We're all overwhelmed on some scale, 100%, every single person. What I feel like it's losing my father has helped me done has helped me do is realize that like almost every day I come back to the realization that I could go about my day and not come home. I could not see you again. Like that's a really sad thought, but I at least have a thought like that, whether it's with myself or with someone close to me that I love or a friend, like I at least have a thought like that every day that grounds me and that makes me realize, okay, what is actually important on all the things that are cluttering up my mind right now? What is going to make me feel better? What's going to make me show up better to my relationship with you when I get home and my work? And, you know, so a lot of times I do prioritize the workout because one, yes, it's sharpening my mental strength. Two, it's releasing negative energy, filling me with positive energy. It's developing my character and then all the little things that I let clutter my brain about, like my job or whatever else is going on in our life, I ask myself, like, what is most important? And that's something that pain has taught me to do. What's up, guys? I'd like to take a second to thank you for tuning into this episode with Aaron. I hope you're loving this conversation so far. But before we get back into it, I have an opportunity I want to tell you about. As we all know, Life is hard. It can beat you down, have you feeling low, and make it seem like you are alone. I'm here to remind you though that the most worthwhile journeys, they are not meant to be taken alone. And right now you have the ability to take action and join others, including myself, on the mission to make every heartbeat count. Head over to cjfinley.com and sign up for my daily newsletter where I will be giving you information, impactful stories, tips and tricks, and access to a community who are focused on making an impact above and beyond themselves. You also have the perk of exclusive giveaways, potential shout outs, and possibly even some collaborations. The least that will happen is you will walk away into every day with an extra pep in your step. My promise is that I will always do my best to help you thrive on life. 
And this newsletter is one of the best ways for me to help you do so. So if you're looking to get to the next level of your life, connect with like-minded individuals and have a daily dose of info that will help you thrive, sign up for my newsletter at cjfinley.com. Now let's get back to the conversation with Aaron Finley. What is most important? Depends on the day. But a lot of times it's top three things for my job because work is work and it will always be there. And there's certain things that are going to move the needle on your projects and your day-to-day. And there are certain things that are always going to be there and you're always going to have to do it. But got to have a filter of what needs to get done. And then I think family is most important. So I've done a much better job, I think, of setting boundaries around, say I work a 60-hour week and that's also a week where I have, have dinners I have to go to for work and stuff. Like, you don't have to say yes to everything. And I've said it in my heart and in my mind that like coming home, having time with you and in the future, hopefully a family, like there's got to be no's at some point. And that's okay. And that's not everybody, but that's something I've come to share. That's an example in my life of that. You're talking about saying no and you're talking about understanding what is important. I think you have to look at the flip side of that and understand why do we do unimportant things? Comfort. Not asking these questions. There's so many people, like I can name people I'm not going to, but I can name people in my immediate life that fixate on unimportant things, that spend the day on unimportant things. Okay. To label, them, they would never- Label they some would unimportant never... things to you. Oh, I think a lot of it is the past. So if you're fixating on anything in the past, that's an unimportant thing. And why is that unimportant? Because it's in the past and there's nothing that you can do about it now other than if it's a learn, if it's a lesson that, that you can carry into your life to act like a better person moving forward. But if it's something that's out of your control and it happened in the past, there's no way you should be spending time today in this moment that you're given worrying about it. Okay. Or so talking about the, it. The key here is the words that you're using. So like fixated versus reflecting. Fixated meaning like you are calling people to talk about a situation that happened and you're doing this multiple times and you are finding that in your alone time, you find your mind keep going back to this situation. You're wondering what it could mean about you. You're doubting yourself. You're causing it to distract you from doing other positive things that would propel you forward in something else that is more important in my mind and in, in your life. And that is fixating in my definition. What is the purpose of worrying? What is my, what do I think like the purpose physiologically, of physiologically, what is the purpose of worrying? I think worrying is a mechanism that we do to try to get to that safety. I think we psychologically feel that if we worry, we will come to some answer to comfort us from the situation we're worrying about. Do you agree? Yeah. For me, when I think- I don't think we can escape worry. For me, I feel as if worry is you wanting to control an outcome that deep down you know is hard to control. I disagree with you because I can name certain situations that I'm going through recently where I know, like I've asked myself, can I control this? I identify the things I can control. 
I know what they are, but it doesn't stop the worrying from happening. It doesn't stop the overwhelm at times. So how do you quiet that? So I, I think we're on the same page here. I never said that just because you acknowledge that you understand where the worry is coming from. That doesn't mean that it's going to go away. I think to make worry go away and what I've done in the past and in the present to make worry go away is acknowledging that this is just something that has been bred into humans. So when I start worrying, I'm like, okay, what is this trying to really tell me at the end of the day about myself? And I think most people don't ask themselves that. They just lean into the worry and then it, it's a million other things that they're worried about rather than asking themselves, okay, let's say I'm worried about finances, right? That's a big thing when I'm working with clients and, and coaching other people. Finance is always a huge worry, as it should be. Like it helps us live our lives, right? Yet, almost in all scenarios, the person knows what to do, like the actions to take to limit the worry, but they just don't do the actions. I think, okay, so this so is why, a really great This point. goes back to the urgency. Well, this is a really great point. People would rather worry than do the action to get out of the worry. Yes. Why? Why, why do you think? So if we had to think back 100 years, 200 years, 300 years. We want to believe that worrying will solve the problem. I also just think it's a luxury that we have now. Totally. 300 years ago, you didn't have the luxury to worry. You had to take the action. Like if, if you have food that day, you got to go hunt. Yeah. Right? I Today though, you can like, if I don't have food, there's how many different ways that you can solve that problem? So it's like, We'd rather worry and complain rather than solve the problem for ourselves because solving the problem for ourselves actually takes work. I also think it's a condition of what we've seen around us. I think if you're around people that worry a lot, you're going to worry a lot. But if you're around action, people that take a lot of action, the chances that you take a lot of action start to grow. And I think our relationship is a direct example of that for both of us where the combined worry over the years, I'd say worry that consumes us, becomes less and less and less. Even though the overwhelm, like that overwhelming feeling, like we have way more going on than we used to have, but the worry is less. Right. Why? It comes down to what we talked about in the beginning. It's we've conditioned ourselves to increase our stress tolerance. Like I think back to how worried I was when I was an undergrad going trying to get a chemical engineering degree and I was so like I would study and I would do everything I could. I'd go to office hours, I would like try to understand the material as best as I could and the tests, I would get to the test and it would still be so challenging that I wouldn't do well. And I would worry so much about how I was going to do on the test and how I was going to do. And I was sick at that time and I was worried about that. And I was just constantly worried. And I think back to all that I've been through from now back to then. I'm like, man, sometimes I wish I could go back and relive that experience because I think I would handle it so much better. And that's, that's anything in life in hindsight. Experiences help you learn how to grow as a person, hopefully. And so I hope that we could all look back on like really difficult times in our lives and feel like if we went through them again, that we would 
maybe come out a little bit stronger. That should be the goal. But why is that? That's because of taking every difficulty. It was really interesting. I just had a conversation with my aunt, who's like one of the closest people in my life to me. And she just mentioned, it was a very nice compliment. She was like, you are someone that through and through, I've known you since you're a baby and your whole entire life, you've been so good at finding the lesson. And I was like, really? Well, thank you. Like that is what I strive for. To have somebody notice that about me is like one of the best compliments I could ever receive or ever want to receive. That is what I hope to show other people is to find the lesson. And I don't just mean that in the things that are noticeably hard. I mean that in like literally everything, every encounter we have. Like sometimes I just, I look around me and I see the people I'm around and I'm like, what is a lesson? And the fact that I am here in this particular room with these people, how did I get here? Sometimes I just have a moment like that. There's a lesson in it. To that point, I think thinking about peace helps with that. When you think about what is the lesson in this, you're taking a step forward into building peace for yourself. Because even through the hard things, like school, right? Like what you just mentioned, you used to worry so much about the outcome of that. Rather, the flip side of that could have been, wow. I'm an engineering student in an Ivy League school and I get the opportunity to challenge myself on the hardest exams possible. Not everyone gets this opportunity. The difference I think is then you weren't understanding of trying to find peace versus now with dramatic loss in your life, you're looking to find peace in all areas of your life and when you look at things through the lens of there's a lesson to be learned here, it brings us peace. Saying that like, a- this is life. This is, this is just life. The good, the bad, the gray, the middle, all of it put together is life. It was also something that I believe is a fault in our school systems, education systems around making learning like and test taking black and white. If I were to go back into the mindset I had at that time in my life, I, I believe that what I felt was that these tests were going to define me, that my grades were going to determine what kind of outcome I was going to get after I graduated. And maybe that's a little bit but true. But if, if Your you took away those grades, were you still in the mindset that no matter what it was, things would define you? Yeah. Why? That's, that's the key that's ingredient That's the problem. There. Why? Did Aaron at a younger age feel that whether it was dance or whether it was friendships or whether no matter what, I don't, I think if you took the grades, cause I knew you, if you took the grades away, you would still have attached to something and gotten stressed out over whether that something defines you or not. I don't think it was necessarily about defining me. I think it was believing that it was like a black and white situation. Like I was going to get the thing I wanted or I wasn't, or I was going to get the good job or I wasn't. And good was like, I wasn't open-minded to what good looked like, you know? Like now it's like, to me, success is waking up every day and feeling inner peace. That is success. I'm not looking at success as I need to be CEO of a, a Fortune 100 company. Like that's great that people are. But to me, it's inner peace. And like at that point in my life, I was just like so ingrained to achieve 
that that is what I couldn't let go of. I, I so does achieving, just, so this is a great kind of like culmination of this conversation. Does the obsession of achievement in our society have a negative impact on somebody finding their purpose? I believe so. I believe it interferes. It can. Pull that string. I think what you're getting at and what I believe is that society, there's a lot of like, I think, foundational things and assumptions we have to make that there's some form of privilege. Like if you have the privilege to set achievements that society deems to be successful, that can get in the way of living a meaningful life because it will force you to make sacrifices that would be against your soul in some cases. What does it look like to make decisions that are against your soul? It looks like following your ego. It is making a decision that's dictated by an external circumstance that may not necessarily be aligned to what would bring you the most peace. Great. If you'd gotten a 4.0 at Penn, would that have made a difference compared to what you actually got? Could have. Why? Hypothetically, it could have. Like, if I were to have received scholarships, graduated at the top of my class, potentially that equals exposure to different opportunities that could have put me down a di slightly different path. Would that path have taken you farther away from your purpose or closer to your purpose? Potentially further. But I didn't discover that my purpose was not to continue achieving until I started working and realized that there's so much more to life that brings me joy than achieving in one lane only. And to me, it's my tagline that I like try to live by is I'm on the pursuit of a life well lived. And to me, a life well lived is one where I am exploring the depths of my soul and living in that and that I'm creating in my present moment, a future that I'm going to feel joy to live out every day. And it's defined by me doing the things that make me feel alive. That's the relationships I have, the conversations I'm in, the music I listen to, the nature that I get to spend time in, the runs that I get to go on. Like, that's all I need. It comes back to understanding what you need in life, literally. That's your purpose. That's what I've deemed my purpose to be is understanding what do I need out of everyday life. And it, it's a lot simpler than we make it out to be. For me, it's movement. It's sunlight. It's water. It's essentialism. It's, and that's what conversation. I'm, that's something that I'm like, I love diving into essentialism more and more as the years go on because I've, if I reflect back to like the past five years living in Austin, We've gotten closer and closer and closer. Like we're stripping away the things that are not essential each year. And I feel like we're getting there. We're getting to this point of being so like at peace with the simplest things. And it's like that trip that we were just on. Now here's, here's the fine line though. Because if you strip away everything. I'm not saying and, everything. Well, if you strip away the non-essential, now you have the essential. Is that in one way saying you're not comfortable? Yes, I'm comfortable. I'm comfortable. And I'm, I'm comfortable living the life I have now, but I'm still putting myself in uncomfortable situations. I think that thread 
that you just said is one of the biggest struggles that no matter where you are in the spectrum, humans have a problem with that. Like I, I want to be, I agree with you. I want to be at a point, and this is where I feel like I'm making a lot of progress, where I am comfortable with my environment, but I'm motivated to continue to push the boundaries of my myself within that environment. Last question. Why should someone seek to do that? What does that get them? And I think this can be related to career, relationships, health. It's always that fine line of we don't take action on our health until we're sick. And I think it comes down to just what you said. We do just enough to get comfortable and that's it. But the people that are truly living their life, truly thriving on life are at a comfortable position, but they're constantly seeking that discomfort and learning more about themselves, their surroundings, and the world. What is that ingredient that you believe they have or they've picked up along the way? Is it purpose? No, I think it's a curiosity to live your fullest self. I think it's curiosity that has to do with thyself and your purpose and existence on the earth. So they should just be more like their inner child. They're curious because we come out curious. Yeah, for sure. I think everyone to get to the growth and to the next level of what you could be as who you are, to pull out the pieces of you that are inside already. They're already there. But to put them out into the world requires the curiosity to do more than what you're doing. Even if you're in a comfortable place, that's great. Keep doing that. But what can you add to that comfort that's a little bit uncomfortable? And the reason you want to do that, here's where I'll end, is because tomorrow something like a phone call from a relative and someone close to you not being here anymore, which happened to Aaron, could literally be your reality or could be you that's no longer here. So you want to prepare for those discomforts today. And I think I loved how you finished there with curiosity. It starts with curiosity to figure out what it looks like to challenge thyself because it's different for everybody. There's a million things you can do in this world. That's the beauty. You can learn so many different skills, try so many different things that are hard. A great example, like, I don't know why I just thought of this, but like I'm left-handed learning to write with your right hand. Like that's hard. Like learn new challenges every single day. There's a million different things you can do, but it could prepare you for your future. And yeah, that's a wrap. I really liked this conversation. I liked how we kind of left space for interpretation and, and the ability to articulate in a more refined manner than I have, I think in the past of the podcast where it kind of is just like super fast and back and forth. And I think it has just unlocked a little bit of, I want to do this more. I really enjoyed this talk. I feel like I've gotten a lot out of it and a lot of clarity and just saying this all that I feel like I need to write out. But I hope that someone listening has gotten something from it too. And I hope that there are pieces of this that were relatable. I think just to wrap it up, like we're all in pain in some way and there's a lesson in every day. And if you turn your pain into a positive because no matter what, that pain is sharpening you. That's one. And if you 
spend every day looking for a lesson. That's two. And the third thing is to stay curious about all the pieces that make you who you are and create discomfort in the comfort. I think if you do all three of those things, that's where your purpose will show itself. It's something that I was talking about earlier today with Alex and Noah. And it's just like, even when you find your purpose, that purpose grows. Life changes. Life comes and goes in seasons. So that purpose is going to continue to grow. So stay curious. And again, like Aaron said, if this episode was meaningful to you at all, the best thing that you can do for me and her is to share this with somebody that you think would vibe with it because our whole mission is to help other people thrive. So this is CJ Finley with the Thrive on Life podcast. Thrive on y'all. What's up y'all? This is CJ again. And on behalf of the small team here at Thrive on Life, I'd like to thank you for listening to one of our episodes. Our mission in life is to help people like you fuel your passion and make every heartbeat count. And we realize the best way to do this is together as a team. So we'd love for you to join in on this mission and connect with like-minded individuals within our Thrive on Life community. To do so, please head to thriveonlife.com and connect with us there. We'd love to chat with you. Before I sign off, I'd like you to always remember one thing. When we strive together, we thrive together. So please do your part in helping others thrive on life.